These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to the funniest people I know. I'm George Pluris, and with me today are my very funny co-hosts, Alexandria Sweat. What's up, everybody? Hello. And Abigail Williams. Hello, America. <laughs> hey, guys. We are kicking off the episode with what's making you laugh. Each of us are going to tease a story, and then we're going to pick one to dive into. We always start with Alex. So, Abigail, how about you go first this week? What's making you laugh? This week, what's making me laugh is baptism dunk. All right. Baptism dunk. That's right. Alex, what's making you laugh? What the hell, Texas and Mississippi. <laughs> All right. And my teaser is the story of an evil sorceress and her sentient vibrator. Oh, <laughs> what? I don't know what to vote for today. Mm. I'm voting for Alex. I'll vote for Alex. If you haven't heard already, Texas and Mississippi have decided because numbers slow down on COVID cases and deaths in America for like two seconds. And they decided that it was time to go ahead and lift the mandates on masks. Restaurants are going back to 100% capacity. And they just opened it back up. Texas and Mississippi are open, everybody. Now, let me say, this is coming from people living in Atlanta that have kind of been pretty much open in its own weird way. <laughs> Atlanta likes to do its own thing. The city too busy to hate or to make people sit down. But Texas and Mississippi have decided to go full-fledged and open back up. Now, I know it doesn't sound funny, but I just think that laughing to keep from crying is always a great method of just looking at the world. And this is some BS, y'all. Texas, have you not already had enough strife when the, the last couple of weeks? Must you increase the strife again? I know we're happy. I know spring is right around the corner. I know it's very cute down here in the springtime. However, please, please, why? What the hell, Texas? What the hell, Mississippi? That's what's making you laugh? Yes. Like <laughs> I'm going to change my vote. That's making me sad. It's too late. Mine was a really funny story. It's just so stupid. I feel like I bummed George out. I'm so sorry, George. You did. You totally bummed me out. George is over in the corner crying. Yeah. It just, I don't even have words. Well, guys, in another strange turn of events, George N. Coloris has somehow managed to get to the ripe age of 40 without seeing the blessed one and only The Wizard of Oz. In keeping with the theme that Alex has set for us <laughs> in sad, funny news, we have decided to make George watch The Wizard of Oz to bring back our pop culture <laughs> blind spot. George has spent the weekend watching this movie and texting me a little bit about it. It wasn't a lot, but what I saw was a little scary to me. I'm not sure he loved it, which is terrible. Let's find out in his summary today. Okay. George, what do you have for us? I'm aware of the plot somewhat of The Wizard of Oz and the major characters and 
When I was a kid, I'd seen The Wiz. I thought The Wiz was The Wizard of Oz, and I didn't know it wasn't until I was about 15 and mentioned to my friends Michael Jackson being in it. And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I feel like that's like saying, I've heard the Easter story and equating it with Jesus Christ Superstar. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like, sure, there's like a loose connection here, but it's not quite the same. Hmm. I've seen The Wiz. I've seen Wicked. I saw that movie Judy with Renee Zellweger. I've just never <laughs> seen The Wizard of Oz. So I watched it and I had some impressions and I decided I was going to give a synopsis for other people like me who have never seen this movie. Ooh, okay. The first thing I noticed is that Somewhere Over the Rainbow is in the overture, and I got excited because I didn't know that that song came from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't gasp enough at that. <gasps> what? <laughs> I'm with Abigail on that. Do it one more time for me, girl. <gasps> Thank you. That song is Judy Garland. That's it. Everyone knows that. I'm sure somewhere in my brain it was there, but when I turned on this movie, I was like, oh, that song is in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Because I really liked it when Catherine McPhee performed that on American Idol a thousand years ago. So I was like, oh, I like that song. Abigail's so disappointed. (laughs) I just don't even know what to say. I feel like the next thing you're going to tell me is that you thought my favorite things came from America's Got Talent or something. I just don't know what you're about to tell me. Oh, Oh, I also forgot that the movie starts out in black and white. As soon as it started, I remembered that that's a thing. Although it's not really black and white, it's like a brown and white. Like sepia like tone. Those, yeah, like those yeah, old timey photos yeah. you take in Gatlinburg. Yes. Right. My first impression is that Dorothy's obnoxious. She's all a flutter because some old lady is being mean to her dog Toto because the dog keeps getting in her yard. But that is all Dorothy's fault because she does not have Toto on a leash and she is an irresponsible <laughs> dog owner. <laughs> Is your dog on a leash all the time, George? Yes. No, I've seen that dog without a leash. My dog also doesn't go in wicked women's yard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe you just don't live next to a wicked woman, George. Oh, I do. Don't you fret none. I'll tell you about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that story to be told at another time. (laughs) when did this film come out? In 39. It's not like it's the 21st century where we have these nice dog leashes. Dogs ran amok all the time back then, George. (laughs) Do you know how many problems in this movie are caused by Toto not being on a leash? (laughs) That's true. Toto had a a leash, wouldn't have been no movie. That's one of those key plot points, right? Isn't that what they talk about? If he has a leash, the movie doesn't happen. Could you make this movie now? Would it make sense in this day and age? Dogs were freezing. I'm not sure the movie made sense in that day and age. This old lady, Mrs. Gulch, is a total bitch, and she wants to take Toto to the sheriff to destroy him, which is horrible. And I really hope sheriffs don't still do that. Is that a sheriff? (laughs) I I think that they should have just let her get to the sheriff, and who's like, we don't destroy dogs. What do you think we're going to do here? And I'm kind of disappointed that Auntie Em and Uncle Ben just let her do that. But then Toto, because he has no leash, runs away from the old lady and comes back to Dorothy. And Dorothy, because she's kind of an idiot, decides that the only thing she can do is run away from home with this dog. So she runs away from home with the dog and she comes across a traveling circus man in the woods. Which I got to be honest, is a little off. It's weird. It's It's a little weird. Toto steals this man's hot dog. And then Dorothy is such a moron that she finds this man in the woods, begs him immediately to let her run away with him, and then goes into his trailer when he asks. She's asking for trouble. Yeah. Oh, it's making me feel sick. 
Luckily, he uses his powers for good and tricks her into going back home. Had he gone in a different direction, Dorothy wouldn't be going to Oz. She'd yeah. be going, you know, Would've been bad. death. Oh, no. Death. Next is the tornado. The whole family goes and gets in the shelter, just leaves poor Dorothy out there to fend for herself. And then Dorothy's in the house when it famously gets caught in the tornado and it's flying. And then all sorts of, like, crazy stuff is going on outside the window. There's chickens and an old woman in a rocking chair and these men in yeah, a canoe. Yeah, I wonder canoe. who that gal is. I've often wondered. <laughs> and, like, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that The Wizard of Oz was all a dream. So that was also something I've learned in watching this movie for the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. Dorothy gets to Oz. The door opens. It's all in color. I bet that was amazing back in 39 when you saw that in the theaters. And then suddenly this big bubble's coming at Dorothy, and she's just standing there. And you know what? If You can bet your ass if a big-ass bubble was coming at me, I would freak out and run. I wouldn't just stand there. But Dorothy <laughs> just doesn't react to anything. Yeah, I would have a heart attack. That's Glinda, who's the good witch, and she kind of sucks in this movie. I way prefer her character in Wicked. This woman is a total fool. Her <laughs> song is horrible, and she it's- thinks Come to find out, Dorothy straight up killed that woman. The munchkins come uh, out. They're all happy that the lady is dead. Apparently, some of the munchkins lay eggs. I didn't realize that munchkins are born from eggs. That is a weird thing no one talks about. That was weird to me. Mm. The Wicked Witch shows up and accuses Dorothy of killing her sister. Five seconds ago, Dorothy was happy to claim credit. She's in a parade, <laughs> and now she's all denying it. She's like, it wasn't me. Yeah, right. Glenda's like, hey, Wicked Witch, don't forget the slippers, which is stupid, because if they were important, she wouldn't forget them. Glenda, mm. quit causing problems. I don't get Glenda. Why doesn't Glenda help Dorothy at all? She can kiss my ass. What Glenda should have done is taken Dorothy in her bubble to the wizard and say, hey, wizard, <laughs> This is Dorothy. She's in danger. She's received death threats. We need you to help us get her home. George, I can do you one better than that. Even though I'm a fan of the movie and the book, what she really should have said was, Dorothy, just click those heels together and say, there's no place like home. Because in the end, the guy is a fraud anyway. She's the one who gets her home in the end anyway. Oh, my God. It's so obnoxious. She goes, well, you wouldn't have believed it. And it's like, why don't you try? That's presumptuous, Glenda. And why wouldn't I believe it when I just landed in a field of munchkins with a yellow brick road and I hit a woman with my house? I literally haven't seen Dorothy not believe anything. Dorothy will believe whatever the F you say to her. Try, Glenda. Put her ass in a bubble and send her back to Kansas. This is so stupid. This was a rough plot, no doubt. Oh, my goodness. She goes through the woods and she meets the scarecrow who wants a brain. I don't know if it's a good idea to give a scarecrow a brain. That sounds like it'll be painful for him. (laughs) Then she meets the Tin Man. I've known this movie and these characters for a long time, but I've never thought, what the hell is a Tin Man? That's not a thing. (laughs) I've seen a scarecrow in other contexts. I've seen a lion in other contexts. (laughs) I would have even been okay with a drummer boy. But what the hell is a Tin Man? That is straight up from Dorothy's dream. That is. She must have seen a funnel and been like, Tin Man. They find the lion. I didn't realize the lion was gay until this weekend. I never knew. He calls himself a sissy dandy lion. His cowardice is that he's afraid to come out. And Dorothy tells him that the wizard will give him courage, but people don't hand out courage. What he needs is a therapist and maybe some (laughs) ambient. I don't think he needs a medal. What he needs is a therapist. (laughs) 
The witch's plan to thwart them is she creates a poppy field, which is heroin. The witch sends heroin <laughs> to try to kill them. So then Glinda sends snow, which is a weird solution. To kill the poppies, George. Mm-hmm. Does that mean cocaine is better than heroin? Oh, my gosh. I'm too innocent for this conversation. <laughs> this is based on a children's book. I bet you think Alice in Wonderland is all about drugs, don't you? Mm, I rest my case. <laughs> she gets the wizard, and he's like, I'll only help you if you do the small task, which is go get the witch's broomstick, which is not a small task. That is dangerous, and I don't know why he needs it. The floors there are immaculate. And he never really uses it, does he? Mm. It's like, okay, Dorothy... I just hope that you die in the process so I don't have to solve your problem. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you a very dangerous job. The witch sends the flying monkeys, which are horrifying, to kidnap her and Toto. And her plan is to swap Toto for the ruby slippers. But then Toto runs away. Then the witch uses this hourglass to give Dorothy a deadline of how long she'll be alive, which is super arbitrary. And then she just leaves the room to do God knows what. And then Dorothy sees Auntie M in a crystal ball, and then it suddenly becomes the witch who makes fun of her. But the witch is in the other room. Why did the witch put Auntie M in the crystal ball just to mock her? She could have come into the room and done that. I don't get the witch's plan She takes the dog, swaps the shoes to electrocute her, presumes Dorothy has to die instead of taking the shoes off, and then gives her an hour to escape just to troll her in a crystal ball. And (laughs) Troll her in a crystal ball. I'm coining that phrase. Why didn't she just kill Dorothy? Dorothy's crew comes to save her. Then the witch goes to burn the scarecrow. And then Dorothy, to keep the scarecrow from catching on fire, finds a bucket of water that's just perfectly placed next to her, goes to toss it on the scarecrow, accidentally hits the witch. I'm melting, melting, melting. She dies because of a bucket of water, which I've always known, but it is even stupider in person. If you're that allergic to water, don't have buckets of water arbitrarily hanging around your house. (laughs) they go back to the wizard and of course toto's not on the leash so he pulls the curtain away and then you have that moment uh, paying no attention to the man behind the curtain they realize the wizard's a fraud he gives them all these stupid gifts like a fake diploma i don't know why he has 14 fake diplomas you can just hand (laughs) the scarecrow a fake diploma and who is he that he can grant these yeah i know i'll give you a diploma i guess You're welcome. (laughs) That's not a real thing. That's not even an honorary diploma. He gives the lion a big-ass medal. I don't know why he has that either. And then he gives the Tin Man a heart clock on the end of a chain of popcorn, which doesn't make any sense (laughs) why you would ever have that. (laughs) Yeah, it's really bizarre. These are some BS gifts. When you say it all like this. (laughs) Right, when you frame it in this way, I see what you mean (laughs) he's like hey dorothy come get in my balloon i'll take you back to kansas i'm also coincidentally from kansas makes me think there's a direct portal between kansas and oz so they get into the balloon then toto unleashed again jumps out of the balloon dorothy of course has to chase him which turns out to be a good thing because dorothy lucked out and didn't get into a balloon with a dangerous lunatic What was his plan? To get her in the balloon and crash and die? He doesn't know what he's doing. I'm so glad Toto saved her. (laughs) He doesn't even know how to come back down. It's like leaving prom with the drunk driver. This is not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. 
Glenda shows up and is like, Dorothy, <laughs> you could have gone home this whole time. And then Dorothy's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to peace out here then. And she goes, and she's like, bye, bye. And goes to Scarecrow and goes, I'm going to miss you the most in front of everyone else, oh, which man. is like a oh, real man. thing to say. Do you know whose feelings are going to be hurt by that? The lion. No, he has a medal now. He's very sensitive. He He's very mean. sensitive. Lots of insecurity needs a lot of affirmation. So taps her heels like we all know. She goes back home. It's all black and white. And come to find out it was all a dream. And Dorothy is going to spend the rest of her life being a raving mad woman. (laughs) You and Alex are taking me to sad places today. (laughs) I think you guys are going to make me laugh. And instead you're just bringing me down, man. (laughs) It's funny because sadness is the theme today. (laughs) What a sad, funny show we have here. (laughs) It's fitting. I went to Chris and I was like, hey, Dorothy killed two sisters, destroyed the lineage of this family. The wicked name is gone. And she's the good guy. Yeah, right. She's a villain. Of course, the sister wants to kill you because you killed her sister and then you stole her shoes that belonged in her family. The wicked witch is so extra with her wickedness. She threatens to... (laughs) turn the scarecrow into a mattress and make the tin man into a beehive. She sends heroin to kill them. She's a mean lady. There's no excuse for her behavior. That's but true. Dorothy is a murderer, a double murderer. <laughs> and <laughs> She just acts innocent about it, but she's still a murderer. Did Dorothy eat spicy food before she went to bed? Is that why she's dreaming of murder and <laughs> taking people out? What's causing this type of dream, girl? And isn't Dorothy only like 13 in this movie as well? She hasn't had that many lived experiences. I really hope she's not that old if she was willing to do half the things she was willing to do. Like get in a trailer with some guy. She has no sense. No sense. <laughs> I found this listing from 1998 for Turner Classic Movies. The description for that day was, Transported to a surreal landscape, a young girl kills the first person she meets and then teams up with three strangers to kill again. Whoever wrote that, I love that person. I want that person on the show. Stat. I think it's a great synopsis of the movie. It made me think of a game. So I created a game inspired by that quote called the movie description game. I love Mm -hmm. it. Okay. I'm going to read a one sentence description of a movie and you guys have to guess what movie it is. Are we allowed to ask any questions? I don't know. We'll find out. Okay, great. I guess so. I'm not going to answer them, but you can ask them. Mm, okay. Boy left to fend off robbers after parents abandoned him. Home alone. Alex has a point. Good one, Alex. Girl has to pretend she's a man to be taken seriously. Mulan. Yes, Abigail has a point. Orphaned boy hangs out with convicted mass murderer while rat plots his death. <laughs> what was it? It's Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> oh my god next a kid comes out of the closet well that could be harry potter i mean he lives in a closet yeah right <laughs> it's the line the witch in the wardrobe oh my um, gosh pretty good a beautiful princess is catfished rapunzel tangled sleepy beauty those might also be true but this one was aladdin oh Oh. 
I think you could get half points because I think that happens to princesses a lot. A billionaire beats up a mentally ill man because he's sad about his parents' death. The Joker. It's the Dark Knight, but it's basically any Batman story. Good point. A guy in the forest kisses a dead body while seven other guys watch. Snow White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the last one, a group spends nine hours returning jewelry. Uh, they went in the ocean? No. The nine hours is your biggest hint. It's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Well, they actually spent weeks and months and months. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was nine hours in my world. That's true. Nine delightful hours. That was our movie premise game. That's a good game, George. I really like it. I definitely want to play this one again. Alex, we have some listener questions here for you. Our listeners like to email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com and ask you for advice. You've done a good job of keeping people out of trouble, unlike our last advice columnist. But we have some people with some pretty hefty problems, so hopefully you can help some of our (laughs) listeners out. Awesome. I'm here to do what I can. The first one. Dear Alex, I'm having a problem that I can't discuss with anyone, and I hope you can help. I'm single and having an affair with my boss. I know I shouldn't, but it is what it is. For what it's worth, it's not an emotional affair, just sexual. Oh, Okay. I'm sure that'll make his wife feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, a position came available at our office. I'm more than qualified, and it would be a huge promotion and an advance in my career. I told him I wanted the job, but instead he gave it to another coworker who has significantly less experience than me. When I asked him about it, <gasps> I'm double gasping. He said it would have been, quote, inappropriate to give me the promotion because of our relationship. Get I thought sleeping with my boss would advance my career, but it's hurting it. What do I do? Tasha. Mm, Tasha, get a new job. <laughs> I like to say this is a judgment-free zone, and I want to give you your space to work through this. But no, baby, this is not what we need to do. We need not to be messing with anyone that is in a managerial position or a supervision position. No, 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 no. Don't piss where you eat or whatever they say. <laughs> Don't poop where you eat. <laughs> that That's the first thing. Also, I can kind of see what the boss is saying. I'm not endorsing this. I really want you to get another job. Honestly, go ahead, get on LinkedIn, <laughs> create your profile for Monster, whatever you need to do. You just need a new job. That's the advice. Get a new job. There we go. I think that's good advice, but I also think it's BS that he didn't give her the raise. I, I think she's right. I completely agree. <laughs> I'm thinking, how about you just quit your job, and then I'll take the promotion, and then yeah. we don't have to be inappropriate. I have to suffer because of this? I don't think so. Or do you think it means she's not good? If you want to be a savage, you could just flip it, because now you got a case, and you could just have his job. And- <laughs> that's a good way to get a promotion. I'm assuming that they're not telling people that they're sleeping together. Since he's married. So how is it inappropriate? On what level? What does that mean? I think it means he's sleeping with the other coworker too. (laughs) Ooh. There's got to be something else here because how is it inappropriate? Nobody knows we're together. Surely there's a policy that you're not allowed to be in a romantic relationship with somebody who's on a different level than you. Like what Alex was saying. Most jobs have that. Assuming it's a secret, 
in what universe does that excuse make sense? He doesn't want to give you the promotion, girl. He's afraid of you getting on that level. Mm -hmm. He's out. All right. We got time for one more. Dear Alex, I need some advice. For the past year during (laughs) lockdown, my husband has been spending more and more time alone in the basement. He has a weight set down there and has gotten much more fit lately. So I assumed he was just working out. Come to find out, that's not the only thing he's doing. Recently, my BFF Uh brought it to my attention that my husband has been secretly filming an OnlyFans page. What should I do? He's only posting solo videos, so it's not like he's cheating, but I feel betrayed. But he's also making a lot of badly needed money. Should I ask him to stop or suck it up since it's helping the family? What's our writer's name? Alyssa. Alyssa, you got right to what I was going to ask. Is this profitable? (laughs) Because if it is, you need to just suck it up. This is your ministry now. This is what you're doing. (laughs) This is what the family. Okay, I'm going to completely agree to disagree. (laughs) 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 And and oppose the fact that you call it ministry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to have to stand in opposition to you here. And that's all I'm going to say. Ministries work in all fashions, at least over here in Alex's world. I just think that the husband's been entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial? I can never say that word. But the thing is, he's going for something. I think you should encourage it. Perhaps set up an administration to support. Be there for paperwork. (laughs) Keeping a spreadsheet and engaging with this. Only fans page. Hey, maybe you can join in on the act. That's what I was going to say. You know. Okay, you guys are taking this. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Join yeah. in and double place. the money. Y'all are nuts. Disagree. You know Standing on my own mountain over here. <laughs> the family this business. This is a family <laughs> show. <laughs> That's my advice to listen. I agree. Abigail disagrees. Alyssa, best of luck to you guys with your couple's OnlyFans (laughs) page. of affairs and crazy love triangles and stories, I think that we need to revisit Bear. The script that George Mm -hmm. wrote last week, our radio theater, we need to get to the second part of this because where we left off last week, there was some suspense. Am I right, George? Well, I'd hope Mm so. If you didn't listen I'd recommend you pause here, go back and listen to last week's episode. And at the end, you can hear the first half of Bear. To catch you up, the play is about a woman named Lena and her young lover, Lucas, who are enjoying Afterglow when her old lover shows up (laughs) trying to reconcile. She tries to hide Lucas and is eventually caught. The old lover tells her he's in love with her. She keeps denying it. They finally admit that they kiss. She tells him to tell his wife, and the doorbell rings. And that is where we stopped. The Funniest People I Know Theater presents the exciting conclusion of Bear.
Brother Leahy? Lena! Oh, good, I didn't wake you. No, I was praying before bed. Splendid, splendid, I'm here to pray with you. With or on, Father? The door's open. I'll let myself in. Both of you, closet, now. Ready? Knock, knock. I'm sure you know why I'm here. To pray? To end your suffering. <laughs> My suffering is only beginning. It's seven minutes to midnight. Okay. In seven minutes, your seven months of mourning, the seven years of your unhappy marriage ends, and you are unburdened of your vows. Seven minutes? Well, six now. Six minutes, and you're a free woman. Unburdened. I want to be here with you at that moment, Lena, if you'll allow me. No. No? I must mourn my beloved Nicholas for these final six minutes alone. Five minutes. Then you must hurry. Hint taken. I bid you adieu. That's the closet! Lena, there are two half-naked men in here. No homo. I'll see you all in confession. We can explain. Explain what? That you're a two-timing son of a... Margaret! Who's that? His wife. Oh, she... Uh, I knew you were doing my husband, but I had no idea what kind of sick sex games you two had going on in this den of iniquity. No, no, no sex games. You wouldn't believe what I saw in the closet. Margaret, honey, please, I didn't mean to hurt you. Then you failed. It's over between us. Been over. Sure. That's why he's in your bedroom at midnight. Three minutes till, actually. Oh, goodbye, Father Time. I can tell when I'm not wanted. Can you? <sighs> Margaret, I swear. You can have him. I don't want him. Neither do I. He's your husband. He's your lover. You married him. You screwed him. That's it. Shut up, all of you. Lucas, buddy, put the gun down. I knew better than to hop into bed with a woman my mother's age. Oh, your mother's! Don't come any closer. Stand back. I'm going to leave now, and if any of you tries to stop me or my pants, I'll shoot. Who is this naked man with the gun? Lucas, the gardener. You came here to cheat on me, only to find her in bed with this fine young man. <laughs> How was he? Quick. Well, better than nothing. Come on, Gardner. I'll take you home. It's past your bedtime. <laughs> Finally, we're alone. No, you're leaving. Alone.
unburdened. was a lot of fun oh man george i love it so much and i'm gonna say it again i really want you to make this longer and to put it on the stage in play form Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the one day when people are going back to theaters again i hear texas and mississippi are open you're opening the show in texas next week (laughs) no masks required (laughs) sounds great sounds great this has been another episode of the funniest people i know Thank you so much to the actors who joined us on Bear, Alex Parkinson, Danny Anone, and Eric Castaneda. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you, producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We're available on every podcast service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. See you later. Bye. Bye.